you guys will not believe how easy it is to fit John Rom and Tony Finau into the same build for the Mexico Open. Let's get into it. So let's start with last week's recap real quick. It was another pretty easy week, pretty sweat-free weekend. It's just a crazy season. It's been very predictable, very easy week. Um, the good weeks just continue to rack up, going on almost three straight months of profitable weeks. And don't get me wrong, there's a little bit of luck in there, but it's also just the process, nailing the process. And we've been able to do that for almost three straight months now. Um, you know, if we hit this week against Mexico, the Mexico Open, it will be. But yeah, looking at last week, you know, really just awesome. Pretty much told people to fade Kyle Moore, Kyle and Max Homa as well. And then we can just see eye exposure plays all came through. That's pretty awesome to see. Uh, we go down to mid exposure plays, sure. Uh, have the value plays, miss a cut in the number, as well as Justin Lauer. Um, you know, that group as well. Uh, but Matt Fitzpatrick, kind of just a free square, it seemed like there. Uh, but it was really just prioritizing the correct teams. And then we are also were on, and I'm pretty proud of this one, the Brandon Matthews Sean O'Hare group that ended up finishing T7. So a very low price team that you guys could have been on to have a really great week. And then lastly, the sample build, you know, cash sweat free as well. He's just another solid week as well. And my biggest question is like, how do these easy weeks continue to happen? I'm kind of mind blown by that. I'm not mind blown by the streak that's going on right now. I'm more mind blown by the sweat free aspect of it. It's kind of strange, not reinventing the wheel here. I don't think just been pretty straightforward as to the plays that we should be on. It's just, it's a strange thing that's occurring. But to me guys, that is the biggest advantage in fantasy golf. It's that there's so many different projections out there that if you are dialed in on the correct stuff, on the correct data points each week, you are getting a big edge on the field. I, I put a tweet out there two weeks ago, pretty much saying how many users use their own custom model. And I only got about 50 votes on it. I'm assuming that's all nine to five members. A vast majority of those people said that they stick to the nine to five database pretty much. I'm assuming that it's the amount of custom models that are being pushed out there in fantasy golf that is creating this big edge. That's my assumption. Don't have any data behind that. But if we just look at this week, let's get into this week. We got the Mexico Open. Now we've only seen this tournament played once and that was last year in which John Rahm ended up winning. But there were a lot of golfers that were tied T2. Okay, we got Tony Finau, Kirk Kadiana, Brandon Wu, and Davis Riley. So it was a very tight kind of tournament as well. And yes, kind of looking at the overview, he won with a score of minus 17. Not crazy, but I'm wondering, and we'll go into the course data here. I'm wondering if that winning score was just due to it being a new tournament. Okay, the cut was minus two. What's interesting is we got the pass column, fairways, and greens. Not too many water hazards in play, but enough. Nine water hazards in play. Weather was kind of fair last week or last year. Longer track, par 71. And so the biggest takeaway from last year is total driving. That is going to be a data point that we are going to be focusing in on. As we can see, golfers that finished top 10, excelled in total driving. That's what we want to be looking at. And if you're trying to find a strokes gain stat, it's very rare that we're looking at strokes gain off the tee as like a key stat, especially over something like strokes gain approach or strokes gain putting or strokes gain around the green. This week, that is a big stat to be looking at as well. Then also, because it is a longer track, you could be looking at that 200 plus, that long iron accuracy as well if you wanted to. Just very interesting in that aspect. So let's go ahead and get into the top stat fits for this week. And so actually, I, I'm very curious as to which golfers will be top stat fits. Now, I always keep my top two staff key stats of the week. This No need to change that up. And then I'll, I'll toss in a couple of different ones. Now, I want to point this out. Because this tournament has only played once, we don't really have a good sample size. It could just be the way the course played last year. And, it, and it's going to play a little bit different. You know, for in terms of which key stats were the key stat. I do think total driving is still going to be a key stat, but I still want to get the big picture of golfers that are just simply playing well. You know, looking at that 
as a data metric. And so one thing I do just want to look at in general as well is just looking at total driving. Which golfers are the best in total driving? Let's look at key stat number four. So John Rahm, maybe we're looking at Jaeger, Tony Finau, Aaron Rye, Patrick Rogers, Bremlett, David Lipsky. Okay, so this is kind of what I'm curious on. And we look at the value play from last year, Goya, or last week, Goya, he's actually someone that's popping up in there. And I kind of want to bring this up because it seems like it's super easy to fit in both Tony Finau and John Rahm into builds this week. And I don't think many people are going to choose to do that because of their pricing, but it seems like an easy path. And I'll touch on that throughout this video. So let's just go out and look at course history. Obviously, guys, we only have one start going into the course history. So, you know, it's a skewed sample. Let's just be honest there. Okay. We want to have more sample or more data points going into that. But uh, a lot of the golfers that played in this tournament last year, and that's the biggest takeaway, they're playing in this tournament again this year, which I found very interesting. So let's go ahead and get into recent form. So golfers that are in the best recent form, obviously we got John Rom, and then we got Hogard. Hogard had a really good start last week as well. You know, good enough start. And that just goes back to DP tour starts. Now, if we look at his average finish over the last five, it might be a little bit different. Tony Finau, I'm perfectly fine with rolling with him this week as well. Uh, Wyndham Clark just been <laughs> continuing to play extremely good golf. And it's just funny. Um, I was watching the golf tournament at my parents last week, uh, visiting them. And my dad says, man, Wyndham Clark and Bo Hosler, I've never heard of them. I'm like, well, that's because they always choke. They're around the leaderboard enough times, but when they get a chance to win, they choke. And we saw that happen last week. Uh, but Wyndham Clark has been playing some great golf. We got Benny Ann, Ben Martin, Michael Kim playing some solid golf. And remember, Michael Kim was a guy that had a good DP or Corn Ferry Tour season, struggled at the start of the PGA Tour season, but now he is kind of settling back into form. So it's not too shocking there. Gary Woodland playing some better golf. He does feel overpriced. We got SH Kim playing some good golf there as well. Lots of golfers playing some good golf at some very cheap price points. And that's what I find interesting about this week. Real quick, we'll get into specialists and we'll get into the high tier. So just a reminder, I do not kind of adjust the staff hit recent form course history stuff for small sample sizes that is adjusted on the nine to five model. Uh, so when someone like Kyle is popping up here, that's kind of why, but just looking at the best specialist. Okay. John Rom, Tony Fino, no shock there. Wyndham Clark, no shock there. Hogard, no shock there. Like given the price points, these plays all kind of make sense as to why they are popping up. But I do want to point out maybe some like Sean O'Hare, maybe Andrew Novak, uh, you know, good price point plays. We could be on a little bit more. So now let's just go ahead and get into the high tier plays. So I'm sure as you guys know, the highest price players on the slate are going to be John Rom and Tony Fino. And for a while there, John Rahm had been kind of an easy plug and play. Just given how they were pricing John Rahm, I'm like, how hasn't John Rahm been a 12K play? And then he was forced to withdraw from the players and struggled at the API. You know, prior to that, though, it's like, why has he not been priced up? And so now we are finally getting the correct price on John Rom. And what's strange about it is like, given the tournament, given the field, I would have thought that he'd be $500 more expensive, just given how elite of a play he is. To me, he's a simple plug and play, even at 12K. And if you're looking at his ownership as it sits right now, let's see if it's updated. 25% projected ownership for John Rom as it sits right now. So that would suggest that he's being actually slightly undervalued still given the field that we have. Then you got Tony Fino right there as well. I'm actually very shocked at this ownership. I thought they'd both be in the 20s because they're kind of the clear and obvious elite plays that you want to be on. And so just real quickly, finishing up my thought process on John Rahm, if we look at course history, one last year, key stat wise, top four and all the key stats, uh, recent form wise. Sure. Had that 15th place finish at the RBC Heritage. That was after, you know, winning the masters, you know, he's the best in course history. One start best in recent form, best at fit, best in the model 
and best in the specialist. I would have to go back in the nine to five database, but I'm I'm pretty sure that's the first time ever where that has happened, where in all the key metrics that we look at each week, he is the best player in all those. So kind of awesome there. And so, yeah, like I said, he's just like an easy plug and play to me. And then looking at Tony Finau, like I just mentioned how John Rom was number one in all the key metrics that we're looking at, specialist course history, stat rank, and recent form rank. Tony Finau is second in all those except for recent form rank where he ranks third and if you would take out the starts for Hogard on the dp tour tony finau would, would be number two in all those so those two plays are simply the most elite play it's as simple as that and if you want to look at it in terms of made cut percent I'll pull that up here real quick those two golfers have a 91 percent chance to make the cut that is crazy right that's a big advantage and so to me i think it just makes sense to lock in two made cuts from those two players because they are elite plays now from there i will say wyndham clark does intrigue me you know has been in some great recent form fourth best specialist course history wise you know made the cut at this tournament last year uh, i guess we'll We'll take that you know that's that's something that we don't mind seeing but obviously we'd want better starts out of him or a better finish out of him but besides that you know great result finished third last week 29th 6th 5th 27th like just good stuff 12 straight make cuts in a row fourth best recent form third best staff it like it just makes sense to be in on him and i was sad to see the price point of hogard here hogard is a, a very stellar play this week and sure if you're not paying up for john rom tony finau i, I don't mind the idea of playing him as well you know finished 32nd last week pretty good stuff uh 28th, 2nd, 32nd, 5th. You know, he's just had some good results. It does make sense to be on him as a play. And then Patrick Rogers is casually popping up as well. Not the best like stat fit or recent form play either. Um, but obviously a top 10 finish last year at this tournament top 10 specialist as well and once again the specialist data is pulling in all the unique characteristics of that week's tournament pass pollen greens fairways uh the water hazards in play the course length the designer all that stuff then we look at his recent form we can see 19th fifth miscut but that was the 73rd okay not terrible and then 36 and in this miscut the corrales really just had a terrible opening round and almost managed to come back and make the cut so he is someone that has been playing some good golf i don't mind him as like a gpp only play and then last week's free square of a team, uh, Benny Ann, I, I really think he's a great play. 13th place finish from that team last week. Just good results, you know, good golf from them as a whole. Sixth place finish the week before that. Four straight make cuts in a row now. Uh, you know, had a withdrawal from the API. And besides that, has been a made cut machine really over his past 10 starts. He is coming in as the eighth best pick in the 9-5 to five model. He's a top 20 specialist, top 20 staff fit, fifth best in recent form rank. He is someone that, you know... Once again, if you're not paying up for John Rahm or Tony Fino, it does make sense to kind of start your builds out. I think with him has a good, strong chance to make the cut. We got one more player in this high tier price point range that I want to touch on. Actually, never mind. It's Aaron Rye. Let's go ahead and drop down into that mid tier. So to me, Aaron Rye is going to be an extremely uh, interesting play. Aaron Rye finished 24th at this event last year. Uh, and I'll just pull him up here. Like we look at it, he is coming in as a top five play. That's because there's nothing to suggest that he is going to struggle. He is top 20 or better in all the key metrics that we look at. I'm actually curious if he's going to be popping up as a core play on the nine to five data tag. He is very interesting to me there that he is popping up that the data thinks that he should be treated as core play. Given his price point, it does make sense. Now, obviously, if we're playing John Rahm and Tony Fino, we can't fit a play in a build like Aaron Rye. But if we're not playing him, Aaron Rye is a play that makes a ton of sense. We can see why key stat wise nothing that suggests he should struggle recent form wise nothing to suggest that he should struggle specialist wise course history wise obviously whatever one start don't doesn't matter too much stat rank wise top 12 recent form rank top nine aaron rye just makes a ton of sense he's probably a, a, a good outright bet there as well and then from there i 
don't dislike Ben Martin or Andrew Putnam, who have both been pretty solid golfers thus far this season. I think I'd rather roll with Ben Martin, though. Although both have had top 10 finishes over their last three starts. Andrew Putnam's came at the Dell Technologies Match Play Tournament, which is not going to be included on DraftKings Sportsbook's game log, just as an FY. They are both, I talk about this a lot, they are both more or less shoulder shrug plays. Players that if you end up on, I am fine with it. And then from there, I was actually really shocked at the pricing of these two players. We got SH Kim, who has just really played some stellar golf. Top 20 finish last week with his partner, which really wasn't shocking. It seemed like they were free square. You know, really just pretty good play across the board. Staff fit wise, you know, it could be a little bit better, but recent form wise, top 10 in the field. Uh, Specialist-wise, top 20 in the field. And we can see just pretty good results there as a whole. The only tournament that he struggled at was the Players' Championship. I guess the Players' Championship. Oh, well, like I can write that off. So he is someone that's definitely intriguing to me as a play. And then we got Stefan Yeager as well, who, if it wasn't for the miscut at the RBC Heritage, I think we'd all be on him. And I think his price point would be in the 9K price point range. Maybe we just write that off as a bad start. You know, one really bad round. It could be. That could be the case. And we see with him, it's that's not like an, an outlier. It's more or less when does the bad round occur? Because he has kind of just had a lot of bad blow-up rounds thus far this season. It's just more or less when they occur. He is someone that had a top 20 finish at this tournament last year. Is someone that's coming in as a top 30 play. Definitely a player that I think I'd be fine ending up on. If you guys find a reason or find a way to get in on him, I'm perfectly fine with him as a play. And that that kind of does it for the mid-tier. Is that, you know, we have some good plays, good enough plays, but at the same time, well, we can find those same plays a little bit lower on. And that's going to be true for the low tier and the value tier as well and that is kind of the key that is why it does seem like we can easily fit in john rom and tony Finau. and obviously i'll touch on that as this video continues so let's just go ahead and look at this the lower tier so joseph bremlet is kind of the first player that kind of pops up he's pretty good in total driving good enough now his recent starts are not great miscut on the number at the bolero texas open 26th place finish last week 36th place finish the week before that and he is someone that does have course history here did also miss the cut on the number here last year but he is going to be a top 10 staff fit and if you guys are looking at his recent results and kind of wondering why he's priced this way, it's that exact reason that he's a top 10 staff hit. So definitely, obviously, a GPP only play. But if you end up on him, I get it. Chez Revy, has he found form? That's the biggest question. Has he? 11th and 6th over his last two starts. Had a top 15 place finish at this tournament last year. If he's found form, definitely does seem like a player that is a little bit too cheap. Patton Kazire now has been making a decent amount of cuts in a row. Has had some good result. Coming in as a top 20 play this week. I'd be fine ending up on him. And then we do see a play like Andrew Novak casually popping up. Now, his team did miss the cut last week. Doesn't seem to be noted too much obviously on DraftKings ninth place finished the week before that 15th place finished at this tournament last year you know he's a decent price point play top 30 play now we get into some more kind of head scratchers some interesting plays I'm gonna be honest I don't really know what to do with Michael Kim I just I, I don't Michael Kim decent staff hit top 15 in the field or sorry top 30 in the field recent form wise top 10 in the field and this is I think that's mostly due to you know the fifth place finish the 11th place finish uh, and obviously the poor field but four straight make cuts in a row now Definitely intriguing at this price point. Henrik Norlander, another golfer that's made four straight cuts in a row. Top 20 staff fit coming in as a top 20 play in the 9 to 5 model. Like a good enough play as well. Someone you could see not shooting themselves out of the tournament price point wise. It's a play that is intriguing for sure. And then guys, let's just go ahead and drop down to kind of where I think we are getting the best value and kind of why I find it easy to fit Tony Fino and John Rahman to a build. Sean O'Hare. The reason why I liked that team last week was one, Sean O'Hare has been playing some quality golf besides like really one bad round. 
Then he was paired up with Brandon Matthews, who I also think could be an interesting play this week. So this team had a seventh place finish last week. And if we include that, he is coming in in top 20 in recent form. And he's a top 20 specialist stat rank wise, 47th in the field. And given the price point, I, I'll take that. I like that a decent amount there. And so four straight made cuts in a row uh, at the Honda Classic 74 in round one, just one bad round. And that's kind of the thing with him. It's like if he can eliminate that one outlier, I shouldn't say outlier, but but that one bad round or if that bad round can occur on Saturday or Sunday and we can get a make cut at 7K, that's extremely interesting to me. I talk about this a lot. It's like considering the price point, there are certain plays each week that are just kind of the correct plays. I don't know if I want to say like, that's exactly Sean O'Hare this week, but it kind of is. Now, he's not exactly priced extremely low, and his make cut percent is about 57%, but at the same time, we'll take that. I think he's a good play at this, this price point. And now we jump down into that value tier. I'm sure a lot of you guys that have watched my videos throughout this season probably already know who I'm going to be on here. Aaron Baddeley. Aaron Baddeley missed the cut at this tournament last year, okay, and he hasn't exactly been lighting it up recently. Missed cut last week, and then prior to that 46th, 72nd, 34th, you know, not the best results. And he's only coming in as a top 16 play. So not elite there either. But, you know, he, he does rank out decently well. Total driving in the field, 26th in the field. And that's also kind of why I like Sean O'Hare ranking out top 20 in the field in that total driving stat. So a player that I could find myself ending up on. We continue going lower on. We got Hank Lebiota. You know, he is a golfer that's like been right around a make cut in a lot of his starts. And kind of the theme with a field like this is literally just eliminate the bad round and you can make the cut. They're just not as consistent as the top golfers, you know, on the tour. Now, Hank Lebiota, 29th place finish at this tournament last year. That's encouraging. And overall, even though he has missed the cut in a bunch of events, not all of them were terrible miscuts. And so he does actually rank out decently well in recent form rank. Not exactly a player that I'm chasing, though. Maybe we could be on someone like Martin Trainer, who finished ninth last week. 22nd the week before that, missed cut at the Valspar, and then at the Puerto Rico Open, 64th place finish. You know, two good-ish starts at kind of similar caliber field events. It's interesting. He also had a top 15th place finish at this tournament last year. Also worth, you know, noteworthy there. So uh, an interesting price point play there. I do want to point out Bryce Garnett, who has produced some better results as of recent. He, his team missed the cut last week, but prior to that, you know, 60th, 8th, missed cut, 48th, uh, 55th. And the thing with him is, it's like, he just does well on these lower caliber field events. It's literally why he still has his like card. 33rd place finish at this tournament last year. He is definitely a player that I think I'll be going in on this week. And now let's continue on like Goya here. He's made 10 out of 15 cuts on the PGA Tour thus far this season. Uh, his team did miss a cut on the number last week which honestly, whatever, that's, I'm kind of okay with that. 46th, 35th, miscut, 11th, 55th. Like he has been playing some good golf. So much so they ranked out top 30 in the field in recent form rank. The thing that I really like about him is that we're looking at like total driving, ranks out pretty well there in the field, top 20 in the field there. Stat fit wise as a whole, top 15 stat fit. This is a play where if we are trying to fit in Tony Fino and John Rom, kind of lock in, let's say top 10, top five finishes, you know, we're trying to find some made cuts. And I think this player right here gives us a good chance at a made cut. Kadera, you know, he is someone that finished 15th at this tournament last year. He's a pretty good specialist as well. His missed cuts have not been terrible missed cuts. Obviously you want him to make the cut, but it wouldn't be shocking to see him have a good week. And now I want to call this out as well. Part of the reason, again, why I like Sean O'Hare and Brandon Matthews is I felt like their games kind of complement each other. Brandon Matthews is one of the longest players on the PGA Tour off the tee, if not the longest. I know Rory has a, a slight edge right now, but Matthews has been someone that can go long off the tee. And I just kind of want to call that out. And sure, his results lately haven't been great, but he did have that seventh place finish last week. 
And I kind of think he has a good chance to parlay that into another good week this week. And just given the fact that John Rahm and let's say Tony Finau, a lot of the leaderboard last year was strong in like driving distance as a whole. Brandon Matthews is a play that does make sense to me. Maybe he found something last week with Sean O'Hare. More of a GPP only play, but at the same time, I think it's a good enough play. And then another kind of interesting value play is going to be Trevor here. You know, missed the cut with Goya last week on the number. Again, you know, just touching on it. Uh, and then besides that, 56, 64, 27th, 40th, 49th, like just good golf out of him. He's going to give us a good chance at a made cut. Like we can see that just looking at his past few starts on the PGA Tour, like giving us a good chance at a made cut. And obviously at 6.6, that's really all we are hoping for. So like we are getting some very good, good enough value in the value tier to the point where it does make sense to maybe try to fit in the two studs. And it's going to be unique enough. Like we don't have to worry about ownership. No one's going to be on this like lineup path. And then maybe even someone like Bill Haas, who, yeah, missed the cut last week, but 24th, 11th, you know, 71st, you know, okay. Made the cut last year at this tournament. You know, we're just trying to find stuff and maybe, maybe he's a decent play. Now, I just want to point this out because Kyle is someone that's popping up database wise. He, he's not an elite play, but based off the starts that I have on him in the system, he does rank out well. I'm not really touching him just as an FYI. I, I shouldn't say not touching him, but not going out of my way to roster him by any means. So let's look at this. We have 7K left over in this build. Like, I feel pretty good about that. And so like looking at it, like, I, I don't know exactly which player I'd want to end up on him. That's kind of the, the tough part, I guess. Maybe Aaron Baddeley, maybe Lucas Glover, maybe Hank Leviota. Like, we have a lot of decent options here to the point where I'm fine with it. Like, I'm fine mixing and matching in those players, okay? So let's just go ahead and get into the core plays, kind of recap that. So once again, I do think just John Rahm and Tony Fina are going to be players that we are just going out of our way to play. Like, we just... It, it's easy to make them work in builds. I shouldn't say easy, but like it's not, you're not sacrificing too much by playing one of or both of them in your builds. And they're both coming in slightly under own. Now, I kind of expect that to get corrected throughout the week, but if it doesn't, yes, let's hammer that. So John Rahm makes a ton of sense. We can also see Tony Finau is a play that makes a ton of sense as well. You know, both are going to be good plays. Let's just face it. Like, especially kind of considering the price point of both of them. Like, I'm really shocked that we're getting Tony Finau at 10.7. I'm kind of shocked that we're getting John Rahm at 12k i would have thought that those would have been more priced and forced than they are i know you guys are saying well john rom's 12k that, that is price and force he really should be like 500 more expensive to the point where it would be difficult to make them fit into two builds it's not terrible and i kind of pointed that out and so like clear and obvious those are the top two plays but i want to give you guys some other kind of core plays some other players that i'm going out of my way to roster as well benny ann is going to be one of those players doesn't have any course history here but he has been a golfer that has been playing some great golf top 20 specialist top five in recent form rank top 20 special or staff fit uh top 10 playing the nine to five model very strong price point for him like he makes for a good starting point lineup wise from there aaron rye is also someone that is popping up as well 24th place finish at this tournament last year top 12 staff fit top 10 in recent form rank and then also a top 10 or top 20 specialist you know he is a player that is kind of coming in checking all the boxes really strong price point play if you are not choosing to play john rom and tony Fino, if you're going more of a fair and balanced approach i think it's benny ann i think it's aaron rye who you are starting your builds out with and then from there you might be playing sh kim who has you know he's a pretty good play across the board stat wise the only worry would be kind of told driving with him uh but recent form wise like across the board last 10 starts last 18 starts last five starts just a very strong 
play recent form wise top 10 in recent form rank top 20 specialist you know a good enough play across the board it wouldn't be shocking to see him have a good week once again I, I don't know if i would exactly like say core play core play for him but given the nature of the tournament that we have like i can see myself going out of my way to play him and that's going to be the exact same situation with someone like sean o'hare who has from you know producing some good results top 14 specialist top 14 recent form rank stat fit wise could be a little bit better i'm guessing that's going to be some like stuff on the back end but at the same time not overly alarming like total driving top 20 and like strokes differential effective scoring like all good enough stats there from him um we're really just going to be banking on the last three starts from him but like not terrible starts prior to that as well like sure the longer we go back the worse the form gets um against the field but at the price point it just seems like the correct play but that is going to be all for this week's video i do just want to call out some kind of site updates that i made more of aesthetically pleasing i, I would say uh but if you guys have ever had a question about kind of what goes into the nine to five membership for ten dollars a month best value out there try to price it that way for a reason for you guys but we have the golf homepage which kind of breaks down the specific fantasy golf tools as well okay curate data cheat sheet wise you guys have seen that but also i have been putting more emphasis on prop space content as well so we have the nine to five membership page in there which breaks down kind of what goes into the fantasy golf membership as well the props betting side of it prize picks an underdog uh also including that is going to be you know uh golf stuff as well which i'm excited for and then just the normal daily fantasy sports breakdown as well so once again to get there so to get their pricing and plans right there ten dollars a month but that is all for this week's video hopefully you guys enjoyed the coverage let's have a good week and as always literally let's keep cashing i know i just jinxed it there but let's have a good weekend as always let's keep cashing